what's in my control is this, what's out of my control is what everybody else is doing. I was doing character study on myself because yeah. it was first time where I really had to say, okay, so I'm not Sarah the performer, so who am I? I want to give people as many resources and options to pull from and that I'm not, I'm not the captain of Black Queer Dancers. I'm the captain of, of Harper. Welcome to the Artist Becoming Podcast. Hey Jess. Hey Shelby, a five, six, seven, eight. Join us in weekly conversations with performing artists across stages, studios, rinks, fields, and screens. Every conversation, a chance to dive deep into the story of their becoming. All right, Shelby, let's get on into it. Hey, Jess. Hey, Shelby. We are coming at you all with another really exciting special edition Artist Becoming episode of a little archive mashup. And I'm pumped about this one, to be quite honest. Yeah, that's another stellar one. Um, I'm so curious to hear your little intro to how you would thread these three together because there's there's such a cool weave between their their voices um in in their originality but then in the common sort of thing that brings all these voices together totally so in reflecting on and in our archived conversations there's so many overlapping themes and then there's also just little nuanced angles and orientations that these artists come to their unique careers in and from. And the voices that we're collecting here today are Connor Holloway, formerly ABT, Sarah Strimmel, formerly Broadway, now yoga entrepreneur, philanthropist, and um, keynote speaker, and Harper Waters, who we all know from Houston Ballet, um, really creating an incredible name for himself as an influencer as well. And so what really stood out to me from our exchanges from them in real time, and then also just in reflecting on our conversations, was how unapologetically these artists showed up as authentically themselves. And I know that we overuse the word authentic and originality. And when you think of artists, there is this kind of innate understanding of everyone having something unique to give. But serving industries like ballet and Broadway, you know, these are industries that are largely reliant on an artist's ability to adapt to what is needed, uh, to embody specific roles in certain ways. A lot of times you're replacing someone that did a version of something that came before you. And it is hard to maintain a tight grip on who you are in industries that have a tendency to define who you are for you. And this is just something that really undid me in speaking with each of these people, these incredible humans, these relentless, dedicated, loving, and generous artists was they did not release that grip of who they are. And because of that, all of their journeys took really interesting and circuitous routes, I'd say, Um, moments that probably felt clear to them and certainly moments that felt dramatically unclear um, or tested who they were. And as far as I'm concerned, not one time uh, were they tempted to relinquish their authentic selves as people, as valued artists, as incredibly equipped athletes. Uh, And it just really blew me away. And so I'm so 
thankful for this opportunity to revisit their wisdom and weave together the different approaches they took. Oh, well, on that, let's just get into it. In the world that we live in today, where everything is instantaneous gratification, ballet is the only thing that I feel like is a commitment to like the micro progress. It's like dance every day is like you're coming in and you're doing the same thing you did the day before. And maybe it feels worse. And you're like, how is this getting worse? Like, this is all I'm doing. Like, how do tondus feel worse? How are my pirouettes worse? Like, all I've been doing is ballet every day. But like, that's sort of like the, the torturous, but also like beautiful side of it is that we're committed to something so fully that even when it's not serving us physically, emotionally, mentally, we return to it to like sort of ground ourselves. And to me, that's something that's really beautiful because it doesn't exist in any other thing. It's so personal, it's so intimate. It feels, I mean, it feels like a religious practice to me in a way, because it's like very meditative. We're all quiet, there's music, we're all doing the same thing together, but we're all having a very individual experience like in our bodies. And so that was sort of what I like, grasped onto is like this is the joy this is the privilege this is the honor of getting to be a dancer and that is success to me not my casting because that's out of my control like what's in my control is this what's out of my control is what everybody else is doing so like that's the success and like actually being happy and like at peace with that is the success the success is not the like (laughs) (laughs) I literally for the first time in Five years is like I'm gonna be a ballerina again. <laughs> there have been two profound shifts in my life now. Uh, the one was that moment where I left performing, and I decided I was going to be air quotes just a yoga teacher, which I did not say that, but I, I knew I had had enough. I knew that the joy was not in my work anymore, that the work wasn't important to me anymore, whether it be the work just, you know, was it what it was or, but I knew it was time. And so the greatest identity crisis I had in that moment was no longer going on a date, a first date and saying, well, yes, I'm in a Broadway show. You know, I'm Sarah and I'm in a Broadway show. Oh, what Broadway show? No, not Hamilton. (laughs) That was always the first question. Are you Hamilton? I was like, have you looked at me? I'm a 5'11 white girl. No, I am not in Hamilton, but I would love to be. Um, I really love to sing that soundtrack. Okay. So yeah, like I, you know, that was the first step. Like who, like who literally Swami Muktananda style, like where am I going? Who am I? Yeah. You know, because my whole life, was held in the basket of Sarah, the performer, Sarah, big Sarah, Sarah, you know, too much. So, you know, I started teaching yoga while I was performing and I noticed that I was loving that far more. I noticed that I was able to express myself just like I did singing and dancing, you know, on stage by teaching a yoga class. And it felt far more authentic because I wasn't wearing a costume. I wasn't playing a character. I was starting to, just how you learn a character when you're like working on a new script and you're like, what are their intentions? Who are they? What do they do? Like, I was relearning myself. I was relearning, you know what I mean? I was doing character study on myself because it was first time where I really had to say, okay, so I'm not Sarah the performer, so who am I then, you know? And then all the other lanes of me started to take center stage, if you will, for lack of a better analogy. 
And then the other profound shift was when I was diagnosed with breast cancer and the journey I just went on over the last year, um, on top of meeting, you know, my person and dog and home and like life shifts. So those are the two major transitions in my life and they're scary. I am a ballet dancer. And I feel like there's a few of us who are popular on Instagram. And being a dancer of color, it was very easy to fall into the mindset that I have to represent this. You know, and it's like this idea of, oh, because you are Black, you represent Black dancers. Or because you are queer, you represent queer dancers. And this idea of when I teach or, you know, when I'm the dancer and I'm in front and I'm taking someone's class, I'm not taking their, their corrections as gospel. I'm taking them as tools, things for me to try. And I, I tried to instill that into the dancers as well, because I'm like, there are dancers who all they want to do is double cabriole, double tour, double tour. And I'm like, hello, you're, you just need to turn out first. But what I'm saying as like, a, you know, they know who I am. There's not, there's a disconnect, you know? If there's a more, I, I hate the word masculine and feminine because I think it's lazy adjectives, but like, you know, if there's someone who is maybe less like me that they connect to more, amazing. I want to give people as many resources and options to pull from and that I'm not, I'm not the captain of black queer dancers. I'm the captain of Harper. And if yeah. you want to take things that have worked for me, fantastic. But if you don't, fine, just keep working and please take from other people. I mean, <laughs> there's so much, there's so much in, in all, all three of these voices. But one of the first things that stands out to me, or there's like a couple of cliff notes that that I want to riff on with you. And one of those is that Connor spoke to instantaneous gratification and how, you know, it's so true. We're, we're conditioned to exist in a society now where everything is about the dopamine hit now, 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 now. And as artists, we are drawn to the experience of dedicated, melodic, hyper focus on the micro and I think that I just love the I love zooming in on that and I think that we lose sight of that in the world today and it was just like such a beautiful passage to revisit yeah I'm just thinking about the control that we have over our, our bodies our our energy our talent but or lack thereof and being able to kind of rewrite the narrative of actually where that control can can serve us and where re relinquishing it can serve us as well. I wish I had the perspective I have now on that because there are those days where you show up to the bar and you flop your bag down and it's like you do it in vain. Um, but when when Connor spoke about it, I remember both of us just like melting in our seats like sighing backwards fall like trust falling backwards into that surrendered experience of like oh, that's what it was like that's what it was and it's a perspective shift you know to look at something that can become 
And it's, it's in everything that we do, right? It's like what the monks would say, like you wash your dishes. It's like an experience, you know, <laughs> but, um, I just loved, I just loved that, that reflection on something that can, can be, can become so mundane, but is almost like the very center, most intimate part of the art form itself. Yeah. Like I the, appreciate the that. Yeah. I'm getting that visual from center stage. Forgive me. Yeah. She's like, I home. home, totally. Home. You know, you know. <laughs> oh, and then Sarah. Okay. I am, I am just biting my way all around relearn when she says relearning myself mm-hmm. like that hits home for me um I think that that just that language um we never stop learning about ourselves and and how I don't know I love that she used that language I absolutely loved it too. And I'm thinking about, you know, she was on several Broadway shows throughout her career. And then, you know, she kind of segued into creating her own yoga brand and studio. And just thinking about the relearning comes at every opportunity within a new role or in bigger life changes, bigger life shifts, starting new careers, like the different jobs that I have held both on and beyond the stage. It's like, you can know the ingredients that you bring to the table inside and out. You can know exactly how they taste, smell, whatever, but it's not until you get into this new environment or onto a new show or into a new company or beyond the stage into a completely new career path. um, Will you learn how the ingredients, you know, so well in yourself interact with the ingredients of this new environment. And that is a learning process and it takes patience and it takes trust And it takes revisiting what you know, you know, and questioning what you know, you don't know. (laughs) And I feel like Sarah spoke that in such, um, such a direct and relatable way. And I love that conversation for that reflection. Yeah. And I also think that the probably number one, most like the one conversation that has been present in probably every artist conversation we've ever had is that reconciling with identity. Like that is the, by far the biggest, most profound and resonant theme that we've ever spoken to. It's, it. I don't think that there's any human being who doesn't grapple with that, with that sense of understanding their own identity and how that evolves over time. And you know, she talks about that that moment on a date, not knowing how to say who she was when she wasn't on Broadway. And I noticed that recently, like when I meet new people, like meeting new friends and sitting around a dinner table and I'm asked what I do, like I, I have a really hard time articulating, even though I'm now in a new role at a company that I've been at for over a year, I kind of like shy away. I do this sort of bizarre almost like I'm it's boring you don't want to know I actually even give the disclaimer like oh it's mm, but it's you know whatever we can move on and it's not until I'm given the chance which I don't ever bring up you know my past career unless it somehow happens to come up and I say oh oh well yeah I I was on Broadway or I, I was a ballet dancer and that gets such I think what's so so hard to like relearn is that or or learn I'm I'm not quite even sure the language is that it does get a really big reaction from people it is something that 
we feel like a pride over, but that's reflected onto us for its uniqueness. And it is a really (laughs) bizarre experience to untangle like how much of something that I did for so long can I still embrace as a true reflection of self, even if it is in the past. And like, you know, these stages of redefining identity, sometimes you you leave something behind really starkly to feel like, okay, I'm starting new and that's behind me. But we've talked about like this experience of still wearing that cloth. Like you can still wear that sweater. You don't have to throw it away just because you're not currently on stage at the at Lincoln Center. You know, like you can still, your history is still it runs through your veins, you know, and sort of this forever balancing act of like, I am enough as I am, but the things that made me who I am today are still, they still like glitter on my skin. I don't know what the word is, but like, you know, it's, it's a really, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still. (laughs) I'm still, I think still, if you were to look back and survey all of the content we have created within the artist becoming world, I'd guess maybe 80% of it touches on some version of career transition, identity shifting. Um, it's just part of it. It's absolutely part of it. I think I'm happy to talk about it ad nauseum because I'm kind of obsessed with the psychology behind identifying at a cellular level with something you love and then the relationship shifting based on where you are in your career, where you are in your body, um, your self-confidence, your opportunity. It's just, to me, it's a never ending conversation and I'll never forget listening to an Oprah podcast. I was on my way to work at an internship, which at the time felt really random. It was like a random tech internship I was doing while I was in college, listening to this Oprah episode. And it just so happened to be on transition. And she started it out saying, there is never not a time in your life when you are not going through some kind of transition. And we kind of sell ourselves this lie that we're kind of waiting for the aha moment of here I am on the other side of it. And it's like, the truth is you'll never really be on the other side of anything because at any given time in our lives, we're, we're navigating some version of physical, mental, emotional milestone or not level of transition. And so I think these conversations are healing for me, but they're also such rich resources um, for language in explaining that whole path and process to even to myself. Yeah. Well, and it it even reminds me of like, speaking of instantaneous gratification, that we, uh, we got to have dinner together in the flesh like a week ago. And you, you brought up um, how, how we're, we're all, you know, the internet is obsessed with saying the term girly. So, you know, I'm a sushi girly now, or I'm a, you know, I don't get it. I don't get it. Grandma girly, which I am, don't get me wrong. But we are, as a society, again, there is like a comfort in labeling. It's not even just an arts industry. It's like, as a culture, we've developed these systems of labeling ourselves. And it spills into the next, it spills into Harper's, but this idea of like, an obsession with 
everything having having to be a label, a brand of our own selves instead of just allowing that exactly those many sides that are constantly in transition to just be flowing forwards, you know, and we're all, we're all guilty of it. I do it all the time. I, I latch on and it becomes a joke that I play with myself about whatever caricature of myself I'm being in that phase of my life. Right. But then at the end, I'm sure we all look back and we only ever were one thing, which was actually being a million things all at once, you know, but very innate human tendency. Yeah. And, and it is our blessing and our curse, I think, because it's, you know, this organized thought and conception and understanding organized. Yeah. Perception. And then, and then it also becomes the box that, that we trap ourselves within. um, It's it's almost a self safety mechanism, because if you weren't to label yourself coastal grandma girly or whatever, then what (laughs) might you be? You know, what might you be? What might you spill into if you weren't the thing that you've always claimed to be? And I think that so many of us are afraid of embodying the other sides of ourselves that we haven't given ourselves permission to embody because we have outwardly reflected as one thing and others accept us as that thing. And so if not that, then what? And if then what? Will I be accepted? You know, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that you use the word permission, and that's exactly what came up for me in many times over in our chat with Harper and in this excerpt as well. I think what he highlights is this: just the gift that is giving yourself permission to receive receive things as at a face value <laughs> or with a grain of salt. Um, I love, I'll never forget when he said um, that he doesn't take, was it, he doesn't take corrections as gospel. I was, I had like a full, like what, Mo- like a, what <laughs> moment because in my dance career, I don't admittedly, I don't think I ever didn't take corrections as gospel. And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, why, why didn't I ever feel like I had um, enough artistic agency to, to, to question. It's not a matter of pushing back or, or being, you know, contentious or anything like that, but, um, but it's, it's suggestive. And Lynn Charles spoke to that as well as, you know, a conscious intentional, um, instructor or coach it's collaborative and suggestive, um, based on one person's perception of you. And it doesn't need it doesn't need to be prescriptive. And um, that was a real permission breakthrough for me from Harper. I mean, if anything else, it's just so strengthening. I think it feels so empowering to be able to hear um, the different ways that dancers now nowadays, these days in present, in our present moment are questioning the way that it's always been done um, in industries that have kind of been able to maintain with all due respect, a bit of status quo in so many different, to so many different degrees. It's so inspiring for me to see dancers use, um, use their voices. It's just, wow. Amen. That's a wrap. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode. A couple of ways to keep connected with us at Artists Becoming first one is here on the podcast. So go ahead and subscribe and write us a review to stay on top of our weekly guest artist conversations. And 
too, follow along with us on Instagram at Artists Becoming for sneak peeks and inspiring content. DM us if there are dream artists, athletes, performers, psychologists, wellness, whoever, whoever it is that you'd love to hear from or topics that you'd like for us to unpack. We want to invest our time in conversations that enrich you. So let us know. And lastly, share, you know, fire up the group chat, share to your stories, comment, and just stay connected with us. We're here for your becoming.